Hey, welcome everyone to Plant Profits. Plant Profits with Vern Davis, brought to you proudly by Protus Global Plant Profits, an award-winning podcast. I am excited to bring to you my guest today. I really am excited to have this conversation. He's an innovative tech founder, a real-world problem solver, and focused on closing the wealth gap through financial inclusion. He believes in servant leadership, He's creating an everlasting impact and equipping underrepresented communities and individuals with the tools for financial freedom. He's fintech and cannabis. Mr. Jante James, the cannabis banker. How are you, Jante? I'm doing great, Vern. How about yourself? I- I'm doing awesome. You know, when I was looking at just getting ready to have this conversation with you, I really, man, I, I was just looking at all the things you've been involved in and all the things you, you've really, man, you've, you've created. So why don't we start there and, and have you really just talk a little bit about your journey as a serial entrepreneur and how you transitioned that into the cannabis space? Yeah, it's been an interesting ride. I've come a long way when it's yeah. a little surreal when I look back at it. And yeah. this journey really started back in 2016 um, from okay. the cannabis side, right? But but I've always been an innovative um, side on the tech. I've been pushing the envelope to really make impact. I sold my first company actually when I was 28. And okay. that really got me in the game in, in Silicon Valley and I worked for a boutique VC after that. They were actually one of my first investors, Advent okay. Ventures. And that just got me around, you know, a lot of other founders like myself, a lot of other startup companies in the SaaS space and agricultural space. And really allowed me to learn and kind of cut my teeth on, you know, product development and product management and, and things of that nature and kind of the evolution cycle that you take as a startup. Yeah, right. so it was it was working at that time that I had a really good buddy that was in the cannabis industry. So okay. it was this was 20, so this was now in around 2016. Yeah, this is like 2015, 2016. Okay. Um this is still prop 215 here in California. We weren't at legalization yet and they were prepping and getting ready for legalization and he came to me and he's like, hey, I want to be able to franchise my grow business. And at the time, you know, I only knew cannabis as a consumer. I didn't really know yeah. cannabis in, in any other way. So I was like, hey, I'm not sure about franchising your business, but let's see what you got going on. And it was at that time that, you know, they took me through the grow and they taught me, you know, about the plant life cycle and, and other aspects of the plant. But most importantly, when that Prop 215 aspect, they showed me the loopholes that they were getting around to be able to operate. Okay. And and so I was like, well, if we're preparing for legalization, these holes need to be plugged. And I was like, there's a platform play in this. And so I was like, I don't know if we really want to go with your, you know, franchising your grow business, but let's build a platform to plug these holes. And there's a huge government play. Um, on this side. And at the time I was already working with Ernst and Young and KPMG 
And so I, I let them know that, hey, you know, we're going to be building, you know, this track and trace platform. And that's really how I got into the game on, on okay. the side. It was really one of my friends wanted to franchise a grow business. And me just seeing the opportunity from a tech perspective and building a platform on that side. And then it just was a wild ride from there. I think I have my own Netflix series by this time <laughs> with everything okay. that's been going on. But yeah, you know, so we're, we were in that and legalization happened. And when legalization happened, you know, every software company was jumping into the game, right? Everybody oh. was, it was a race to become Oracle at that time. And I just, you know, took cues from other industries, you know, rather than trying to be the platform of record, I built out APIs to connect to all the systems that were coming out. So okay. we really became a, a data aggregator from that standpoint, right? And then after that data aggregation came the biggest problem, which was banking. So it wasn't so yeah. much with the operators being compliant. They had compliant systems. You had a government system called Metric at the time that was really taking over. And they're really right. the, the true source right now. You have POS and delivery service, you know, you name it, everything was coming in there, but nobody was really solving the banking side. And because of, you know, again, that 2016 help. Why, why do you think that? Why was banking lagging back in the early days? Well, I, it was just lack of transparency. With the banking, it wasn't so much that the banks didn't want to get into it. It's just that they didn't know anything about cannabis, right? And you're taking, you know, bankers who are, you know, risk averse already. And then now you're taking this plant that is, you know, federally illegal. And, you know, with all the stigma that it carries prior to what it is now, you know, they were just afraid of it. How, how can we do this? Yeah, it's legal in our state, but how can we take this money? And that's where, you know, the aha moment actually happened. I was actually working with PayPal Ventures at one point in time. They were trying to build like cannabis in the box. Yeah. And I, I didn't quite understand what they're looking for. They're like, well, we know people are using our PayPal and Venmo to purchase cannabis. So we need to be able to um, detect when that happens. I'm like, well, if you know it's happening, then why would you need be able to detect it? And they're like, well, we need to be able to track the product to the money. And I was like, so you're telling me that you need a system that shows you that it's real product legally and that the money that's coming in is actual legal money from the transaction of said legal product. And they're like, yep, that's correct. So I was like, boom, light on, right? It was like, well, went on. It's like, is, is this where, now which business was, was founded on that platform? Was that Greenbacks? No, so that was Nature Track. So that Greenbacks was yeah. Yeah. So that was nature track where we were sitting in here and we had now this platform yeah. that had the ability to take the track and trace data, the POS data, the ERP data, and we could follow that life cycle now into the bank. And so we're able to validate that money. And essentially we were able to de-risk that banking cannabis for many institutions. I mean, to the tune of that, we did over 3 billion in, in cannabis related transactions from 2018 to 2021, we did over $3 billion vetted and verified, um, legal cannabis transactions. 
Well, I was interested in that information. The financial institutions, the OCC, the FDIC, the NCUA. I mean, you can go through all the alphabets. They were all climbing through my platform yeah. at one point in time. Um, I like to say, like, you know, you're you're starting in the beginning and, you know, I'm honored and humbled uh, as you're rattling off your stuff. It's like, man, I forgot some of the stuff that I did. Yeah. But when I tell people, I was like, yeah, I've been in the background so long that I've kind of helped shape the regulations from a banking standpoint on what banks are actually looking for yeah. in order to validate the funds. Um, you know, if they're asking for POS data, accounting data, metric data, you know, that all started with myself, with my first company with NatureTrack. Like we were the first ones to do that. And then now it's kind of the norm on that side. So you sold NatureTrack in 21? Yeah. Well, I've, so it was just another, um, another banking group that, okay. you know, more high up in the banking space, you know, uh-huh. former BBVA and, and stuff, individuals that really wanted to attack that risk management and compliance space. For me on that side, it, it just didn't look to be like the right business model. Although oh. we were doing some, some great things, there still weren't a lot of institutions in in cannabis banking. So there there wasn't a lot of people, you know, to do a SaaS sell. Um, okay. And it wasn't like 10,000 companies. It was really like at that time, like three to 400 actual banks banking cannabis. And so that's where it was really important that we transitioned to the digital bank side. And, and that's where greenbacks came right. from. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the mission of greenbacks. Exactly. So that's a great spot for us to take a pause. I'm your host of Plant Profits, Vern Davis. My guest today is Mr. Jonte James, the cannabis banker. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of the award-winning podcast, Plant Profits. My guest today is Mr. Jonte James, the cannabis banker. So the last conversation we were having, when we just left off, we were talking about how Greenbacks began. Why don't we start there and just dive into this mission of Greenbacks? No, yeah, absolutely. So Greenbacks is a digital bank. Yeah, it was created specifically to service the cannabis industry in all 50 states. And the genesis of Greenbacks is actually interesting because they were they were originally my first client, right? So North Bay Credit Union was the sponsor bank that they were my first Funny client. Funny things happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you in there. And then now they created a digital bank and they're like, hey, we want to bring you back in, in, and join the team from this side. So now I get to sit on the, the other side and, and really, you know, get out into the industry and provide financial services. From, from that aspect, but, but Grandbacks right. has been really great just in terms of our mission in how we are addressing the problem. You know, we always address the problem with um, compliance first. So mm-hmm. we always make sure our job is not only to protect the bank, protect our sponsor bank and their charter, but to protect our clients as well. And we okay. look at our cannabis clients as partners. Like we have to be working together essentially right. you know there's a lot of data that you're going to be providing us there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of oversight we may have but this is in order to keep you safe keep your business safe and ultimately allow us to help 
other cannabis clients with banking. No, it's, it's great. How is that working? It's awesome. It's doing really well. I mean, we have a about over um, 500 plus clients to date now, and we we do have some pretty. Now, your clients are whom? What 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 sector do they come out of? What? So I mean, who buys the who buys the program the product? Well, in in this case, we're de- de- dealing directly with the cult- cultivators, the manufacturers, okay. the dispensaries, right? So they're coming to us for financial services, right? They need a bank account. They they need to do their ACHs and wires. They need armored car pickups. You know, we're right. picking up cash everywhere, the whole night from that aspect, right? So we're their financial services. You know, I'm their cannabis banker, essentially. You know, anything they need, they contact me. Trying to get a loan, let me know. I got people that I can hook you up with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you need, you have people within your, your supply chain that don't have bank accounts, shoot them to me. I'm going to make sure that now you can pay them with the ACH, a wire or a check so we can get that cash off off the streets, right? So we're really helping from from that aspect. And it, it's been awesome. It's been a great journey being on the side and, and seeing people that we could actually help, especially from a social equity um, component is that, you know, you you start with these businesses and you have these great ideas and and you're ready to get out there. But even in this climate, it's hard to raise money, especially what's climbing right now. But it's even harder to raise money when you don't have a bank account that the VC or the private equity can even put in. They're like, we're not going to give you cash. So <laughs> what's going on there? You're like, you got to have a bank account. And yeah. And you've actually so so how do they engage you? Do they engage you? Is it a is it a like a SaaS or is it a how- yes, yeah, yeah, SaaS model at the end of uh-huh. the day. So you know. We, we have the various channels, obviously, you know, the social media and our website and, and others. We have um, Chris Call, who's actually the CEO of North Bay Credit Union. Yeah. You know, he's going to a lot of conferences and stuff um, similar to the Benzinga one that we were just at. You know, we have our president, Carol McCormick. She's out there, you know, promoting and, and speaking. You know, she was one of the first women that pioneered cannabis banking behind um, Sunday Sid Freed. So we right. really got a good, like kind of legacy crew that started really at the beginning. This is not something okay. that just jumped into. Like we said, we started off, we were back in 2016. So this entire group has kind of really grew up together when it wasn't the cool thing to bank cannabis. And then yeah. now it is kind of the cool thing to bank cannabis. Well, we were there when nobody else was doing it. And it's it's been awesome, right? Well, wow, that's that's great. So Jante. As someone dedicated to, as I stated in my opening, closing the wealth gap through financial inclusion, what initiatives or strategies that you have embarked on that actually hits that point? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're we're implementing financial literacy programs, number okay. one. And so there's some individuals that I'm working with. Um, we're kind of in under NDAs now, so I'm not going to say their names per se, but you know, there's some big influencers that you are, you know, are athletes that are entertainers that we're, that we're connected with, that we're launching these financial literacy programs in these um, disadvantaged communities. And so the whole point of that is creating a digital banking landscape to not only support those communities, but teach them, you know, how to buy stock. 
you know, mm-hmm. how to keep your credit going good. Like we're doing, we're going to be releasing secured cards to help build credit um, at a young age um, with them. Um, we're having programs within, you know, the middle schools and high schools that are allowing people to build businesses in there, right? We're giving them a thousand bucks and then we're like, okay, here's your business plan and uh, let's build out your business, your business model, how you bring it to market. And we're doing that within each school, right? So you, they have their little compartments within their class. So it's really just try to take the fear of money away. I always tell people this, that, you know, growing up, I didn't have this access and I wasn't necessarily taught. And so I wouldn't say I was bad with money, but it was just, oh, just get as much money as you can. That it, that, that was the only thing to do is like, just get a lot of money and then you'll be okay. And not understanding why Wall Street is as big as it is. There's people <laughs> out there that are just sitting here eating crumbs and getting really fat because yeah. they understand the math. They understand the mechanics of the financial system. And so it's like, we need to teach that at a young age so that it we're not stuck once we get to you know opportunities like myself i mean it was really hard raising capital and i I mean vernon yeah i just speaking from my own personal experience but you know i was one of the first in my family to go to college sure and and have other opportunities so when it was time to start my venture and look Mm -hmm. out it was like okay well hey i need a hundred grand well i had nobody to turn to my family for a hundred grand, let alone some, maybe, you know, 25 grand at the time. Right. Not that anybody was poor per se. We just didn't have extra money set aside mm-hmm. that could, that could be an adventure like this that, you know, ultimately fails, right? Like most startups, 99% of startups don't fail and yeah. or don't make it and they fail. And the reason why they do fail is not because, you know, it's not a good product, not because it's not a good business fit. It's really because of cash. You just run out of money. And so being smart early and building this foundation with the youth, with our financial literacy site, understanding that, hey, your first purchase may actually be a building. You know, you want yeah. to own what you can rent and rent what you can own, and, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and instilling those, those kind of principles so that you're always, you know, on the North Star, North Star going up, right? So- I had a young individual that came up to me at Benzinga and they're like, well, what do I need to do to just start, you know, making money and kind of getting there? And I was like, Hey, I was like, there's one thing I've learned. And I was like, this is a simple rule for me. I was like, I don't know if it's any philosophy or out of a book, but I was like, do you want to invest in whatever you're trying to do? And so, and what that basically means is that Let's say, you know, I wanted to be in this particular home and Mm -hmm. it's going to be like $2,000 a month that's going to cost me, right? Mm -hmm. Well, before I set up to get in that home, I need to find an investment or invest my money and time in something that's going to give me a return that's $2,000 a month. So that way, anything that I'm purchasing, anything I'm investing in is now taking care of my needs and my lifestyle Mm -hmm. so that that return is always coming. So if I do lose my job, it doesn't matter. I invested in this particular property. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. the $2,000 that I'm getting for my rent every Mm -hmm. month. Like, so find things that you can invest in and build up 
to what your needs and what your you know your your burn rate for for lack of a better word <laughs> is each month and that will help you propel because even and when i first made my little bit of change you know i had i went in and got the bmw i bought the condo i did all these yeah. things and then and then i'm like oh i'm gonna start another business and because i did it the first time i was like oh this is easy and then i was just glowing through that money just like sure and then you know you turn around it's like oh wait you know, where's, where's, where's <laughs> and then and then we got to start back up. And so, you know, I was fortunate enough to still have you know great mentors and people around me. On one in particular, Ephraim Lindenbaum, like he would always tell me when he was sitting with startups and stuff. He's like, he'd be like, Jate, when you see me negotiating, I'm either negotiating equity or I'm either negotiating what my fee is per month. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay. I understand that. And he's like, well, it's based upon the opportunity. If I think it's really going to work, then I'm going to go for the equity side and I'll mm -hmm. take less in the month because I know there's a greater gain at the end of that. Mm -hmm. If I think, yeah, this is a good idea, but it may not go anywhere. Well, here's my fee. Like, right. it's like, you can't just do everything for free. Not everything is going to work. And that's so right. you have to, you have to plan for that. And so it's just, and, and that's not necessarily, you know, something to do with financial literacy, but it's just a mindset that changed within me that I didn't have prior, right? We're always shooting for the moon. Got to be, you got to be the biggest, baddest, the best right. at everything. And you kind of have blinders on, right? You get those blinders on and you're just so focused on that. And we stub our toe because we only see that one way when there's a lot of other ways to skin that cat to get there. So those financial literacy programs is more, you know, us building the financial tools, putting the foundation, but also being able to share our experiences, you know, our experiences with money, the people who come in and out of your life, all that kind of like, you know, life knowledge that you get in that, that we can impart on those kids and those individuals so that they have a brighter future. Yeah. That that's a great story. And that, that there's a lot of nuggets within that that dialogue you just had with me, and and I think they're very very important. There's about three or four that I think everybody should stick to. I tell you what, I want to take a quick break. Then I want to get into Hybrid Financial Service Group, okay, and kind of understand what that's all about. On our way back. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of an award-winning podcast, Plant Profits, and my guest today is Mr. Jonte James, the cannabis banker. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is probably brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today is, is the cannabis banker, Mr. Jonte James. He's got a great story from an entrepreneurial perspective uh, in the cannabis journey. He's been there from the beginning. He's made it count. He's made it count for himself, obviously, but he's made it count for people he care about in this journey. So I really, really enjoy this conversation. Dante, so, okay, so we've, we've gone through Nature Track. You, you, you got me and you dove into Greenbacks. So what is this hybrid financial services group? Tell me about that. Yeah, hybrid is basically my own digital bank and okay. service high risk in 
industries. And so essentially what hybrid is doing right now is I'm, I'm working with individuals that need to create their own financial services and or digital bank to attack a, a certain industry or a certain problem. And so we yeah. tend to be high risk. We lean high risk. Um, you know, we were heavy in the crypto side. <laughs> So we kind of backed up. Uh, we, we all did some of that. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, we backed away from that a little bit. But but now, sometimes when it, when it sounds too good, it, it is probably too good. Yeah. When my mom starts asking me about, hey, what about the stuff? I was like, okay, maybe something's going on here. My mom's asking me about it. I think I jumped the shark. <laughs> but but now we're, you know, we're really focused in gaming. Um, we're, work, we're focused in underserved markets. We're looking at the influencers and, and content creator side as well, because a, a lot of the things that we faced in cannabis, these very same individuals are facing it with, you know, with less regulation tied around it. And yeah. there's still very few services. And just to be able to look out that landscape and understand that, hey, there's still financial institutions that are scared of gaming. And when I'm talking about gaming, it's not necessarily casinos or, you know, or card rooms. I mean, we're looking at the video games. Think about Fortnite, World of Warcraft, all that type of stuff. People don't understand that those types of games are considered high risk for financial institutions because there's mm -hmm. a large chargeback, right? And where that chargeback is happening, you know, you got your son or daughter, you know, they're playing the video games and now they're buying these items, right? They're buying all the the jewels and armor and the, yeah. and the shields, right? But, you know, that's on mom and dad's debit card and credit card. So, you know, they're right. at the statement. It's like, wow, hold up. Where's this $2,000 came from? Oh, reverse that charge, right? So there's getting, there's all these chargebacks that are happening because the kids are kind of controlling it, right? They got their mom's phone or their dad's phone or they're linked together. And they're just buying it. So that inherently makes it high risk. In addition to that, now you bring into, you know, the social media side with these platforms like Twitch and stuff. And people are yeah. watching people play video games. And, you know, now they're, you know, paying you microtransactions, right? They're paying you to because you're doing a good job in the game or you're just sitting there doing whatever. So trying to understand where that risk is and putting in controls. So we're building software and stuff around that. We're with a great program with NVIDIA where we get access to their supercomputers and, and all their AI technology that they built to help us uncover and unmask this to eventually okay. or to ultimately de-risk it in terms of stuff. And so we're using, you know, easy stuff out there in my mind. Technology is never easy, but we'd like to say, you know, certain things are easy where, you know, we're gathering, you know, the, the parents. You know their Facebook or their Instagram channel. We have the kids, and we're linking it to the school so we can do that age verification. Where are they at? Is this truly an individual that's doing this? Is this really your kid? Okay, do they have access? Hey, we see a charge. We can alert mom and dad. Is this charge approved? So we can kind of alleviate, alleviate, excuse me, alleviate that that chargeback that they're having. And so those are just some of the things that hybrid financial is doing. We're sitting in these spots of high risk and really tackling it from a personal standpoint and not so much the business standpoint anymore, right? So we're providing personal accounts for um, the kids and for right. the parents and then for the content creators. We're doing the validation 
on that money the same way where we're getting data in the cannabis space to say, hey, is this money real? Now we're doing these background checks and ID scans and verifications to verify that, yes, this money was from a legal source. And, you know, this particular content creator can, um, you know, bank with you or get a home loan, an auto loan. Right. It's, it's the, it's, it blows my mind really being in the space of really seeing it now that it's like, wow, there's so many people that don't have access to financial services and how we're pigeonholed, you know, based upon your credit score and all these things, you know, these little stuff that we did back in college, we're still yeah. paying for now, right? It's, it's yeah. like, it's never ending and, and not being able to have those tools to mitigate that or even get out of that or even right. somebody to take a chance on you. Right. So that's where right. we mitigate that risk on, on our side is like really working with these individuals, understanding that, you know, they come from an environment where, you know, they didn't have access, but we can understand their buying pattern, right. Using stuff to rebuild credit in the secure card space, you know, as simple as, Hey, your next, bill is getting paid every month, you know, being able to rebuild credit that way. So hybrids really focus on that working with, you know, a, a lot of the, you know, again, celebrity and entertaining people who are trying to attack this problem and help their communities, us being the compliance and the, the backbone behind them as a digital bank, being able to give them all of our services so that now they can use their funds to actually help their community, right? And so one of the individuals, again, I'll, I'll leave his name out, but I'm sure people, they jumped around there, they can find him. I was like, hey, prior to you, you know, helping your community and working with these programs, you're, you're giving them a million dollars a year for, you know, let's just say boys and girls club. So you're giving them a million bucks and, you know, you're, you're doing good work there, but it stops there. I was like, you can now invest a million bucks in your own digital bank. And now your net worth salary, you know, this 25, $50 million that you've made over your lifetime, that money can sit in the bank, just like it's sitting in B of A or Wells Fargo or in your Schwab account. They're using your money to propel them and give everybody else's loans. I can now treat your same funds, except now because it's your own digital bank, we have your, you have your own access on who you want to lend to. So you can lend to your community. You can lend to, you know, your person that was on your block that's starting up their own business and stuff. And now you're not putting your money at stake like you are doing when, hey, here's a million dollars. Go, go have at it. We can use your money in the institution, just like how the bank makes money. But now we can control how we do the lending and who we're working with and we can help the velocity of money stay within your community that you're really trying to help. You're going to bring, you're going to bring more joy into the lives of this community that you're trying to help and really be a part of that you grew up in better than what you can do with giving them a million dollars every year. Like that's just way more powerful. Yeah, that is very powerful. And I want to, I want to build on this. I, I really want to ask you this. I want your take on this. You know, what vision do you have? for the future of FinTech and your overall goal in addressing the financial disparities and creating more inclusive financial system. And I think based on what you were just saying, this this really dovetails properly onto that. 
Yeah. I mean, my vision is for everybody just to have access and have an opportunity. There's so many nights I stayed up at Vernon. Again, thank you for giving me this platform. To have Absolutely. This you know, when I was raising funds, when I had the idea from Nature Track to working with Greenbacks to even now hybrid, even the successes I've had along the way, it's still hard. It's still hard to get that million dollar check, that $3 million check, that $5 million check, right? Right. And, and it's hard because you, we need people that look like us on the other the side. The other side. Able. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Absolutely. I'm not here to say, oh, somebody is prejudiced or anything like that. It's just that when you understand where somebody comes from, there's something that you can attach to why some decisions may have been made. It doesn't yeah. make them a bad person. doesn't mean that they're not good with their finances, but you understand you know, the plight or the struggle of what you had to do to climb up just to get to this point. And, you know, we all need a little bit of help. And so my, my true vision is like, when we're closing this wealth gap is that we're the people like me, when I'm growing up, my child, when they get to this point, they're going to have the resources that have been taught so they can access these funds and still make a powerful change, whether it's their business, whether it's in their career, Right. Like they'll, they'll have that ability. It's not going to be that same fight, claw, struggle. We have all the resources amongst us. And then this will give us a platform to be able to help. That's right. I love that. That's a great way to end this with your vision. And I appreciate you. Jante James, the cannabis banker, you know, the creator of Nature Track, Greenbacks. You know, he has done so much for what, um, and FinTech, for what cannabis is all about. And he's doing that and he's helping his community at the same time. It's a beautiful thing. I love what Hybrid Financial Services Group is doing. I think that's that's awesome and that's next here. So thank you. Please come back to our show, John Tay, whenever you think there's something that's happening on your end that you think people need to know about, just like the conversation that you and I had here today. And I want to thank all of you for joining me on Plant Profits, on the Plant Profits podcast. It's brought to you by Protus Global. And I want, to, want you to go out and find the podcast, all major platforms, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find Plant Profits, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, anywhere you listen to a podcast. You can find award-winning podcasts plant profits and also follow produce global my company on, on social media channels linkedin instagram facebook etc and learn more about how we're building companies and how we're changing people's lives at produce global and that's p-r-o-t-i-s global.com i'm your host Vern davis until next time cheers cheers